And we're going to start at the very beginning. Oh, I hear a song rising, sound of music. Let's start at the very beginning, right? The beginning as we, as we know it um, is when God spoke the, the world into being. And I just love how God puts a service together because this morning, <laughs> Avern, he, he shared about God, the power of God's word and about um, Genesis and how he's, God spoke and what he said came into existence out of nothing. And this was that prayer meeting this morning. And no, we weren't in cahoots. <laughs> and that's just, I just love the way the Lord brings it together. But God did speak out loud. And life emerged. And in Genesis 1, verse 31, he said, then God looked over all he made and he saw that it was very good. The impact of his spoken word was very good. That sounds a bit different, doesn't it? They're working on it. <laughs> but you can hear me? Yeah. So the impact of his spoken word was very good. And the challenge is, when we speak, is the impact of our spoken word, very good. Not that often, you think? But but strong? Well, what about, is the impact of your spoken words perhaps good? Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. I see a few nods. Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. But it's a challenge we need to think about. So, in Proverbs 18.21, on the next slide, we might need to click it or activate it, Brett. Perfect, thank you. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's really clear. Death and life is in the power of the words we speak. And that is really powerful. There's a couple of French words. Malediction, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and benediction. Now, benediction we're more familiar with. So that's good speaking. It's positive and constructive. It's bringing life. It's bringing blessing. Malediction is the complete opposite. It's bad speaking. It's negative, very destructive. It brings death and it's curse, curses. Both of these forms of speaking are powerful. But I suggest and I know that with God, benediction is far more powerful. And in fact, it conquers over malediction. It conquers over curses and it can release from curses because it is more powerful, God's word. And that's what we're going to explore. Proverbs gives us lots of wisdom about the words we speak. There's lots of verses on this topic. And in Proverbs 17, 27, 
It says, a truly wise person uses few words. Mm. That immediately puts a lot of us women out of the, um, yeah, because some of us use more words than men, generally speaking. I thought about this and I thought, hmm, that's not fair. And I thought, let's flip this over and look at the flip side. Ladies, we have more opportunity for benediction. How's that? We've got more opportunity to speak good words. <laughs> it's a challenge, but true. Um, so why is using few words a wise thing? Again, Proverbs sheds some light on it. So in chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensitive, or sensible, and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yep. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Very blunt, very to the point. What's it saying? If you talk too much, you'll probably end up saying something that you shouldn't. And isn't that true? So keep your mouth shut. If the word you're going to say is going to bring trouble and harm, just zip it. It's really quite clear, quite simple, very wise advice. Not so easy to do. But practice makes perfect, I think they say. <laughs> anyway, in James, chapter 3, verses 5 to 10, he, James gives very visual imagery, very strong words in this section we're going to read about the harmful words, the harm that words can bring and the damage they can bring. So let's have a read. The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can get set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Very visual words there. But an uncontrolled tongue can and does do terrible damage. When you think about a forest fire, and I'm sure we've seen pictures on the news about when a fire's gone through, and even like the recent ones that are happening in Greece and that, it's, it just goes through a forest and everything green dies and all that's left is black. You know, black tree stumps and maybe some dead bodies of some animals and 
birds and, you know, no bird song, nothing green, no life. It's a very, it is a very desolate picture. But it's also what can happen in people's lives when words are spoken that are harmful. You know, they come out of our mouth like that, just quick as. But the effect is really far-reaching, like that of a forest fire. You know, uh, words can, um, hurtful words, when it's said to you, makes you just, like, die a little inside. And then when they're said again, you die a little bit more inside. And I'm sure there's many of you that have experienced that. Doesn't a picture paint a thousand words? You know, that picture of a, a young child just so hurt and around the ne- his neck is a hand that's just strangling the life out of him. And we can't read, you may not be able to read the words, but the, the hand is made up of an image of, of words. That's how it, the image is made. And it's got horrible words like moron and pain and fool and, yeah, very negative words. These words are like a curse over our lives. And, you know, these words can come from others. And it can come from, often can come from parents. You know, they might say something like, gosh, you're dumb. You'll never amount to much. Or you might have some peers, some of your peers that say, I'm telling you, girl, you're ugly. Or a teacher might say, you're useless. You are not going to pass. I cannot see you achieving anything. You know, these words, when they're said often enough, we begin to believe them and they are like a curse over our lives. But um, there's another form that we often don't think of and that's when we say words that are negative over our own lives, like self-imposed curses. Hmm. Uh, like... What an idiot, I've messed up again. And here's something that I personally have had to say and stop, uh, had to stop saying rather over my life when, when I heard some of this teaching. I used to say, I'm sick and tired of doing such and such. You know, I'm sick and tired of so and so. Who, who said that sort of thing over their life? Yeah, a few hands. It's not uncommon. Harmless, you think? No, I don't think so. You're declaring sickness. You're declaring tiredness over your life. It's very real. Very powerful. Um, I'm going to read a couple of examples from this really neat book, which I'd recommend you get. The Awesome Power of the Blessing. It's just a tiny booklet by Richard Brunton. And he, um, well, he talks about, yeah, the awesome power of the blessing, but also the negative side of it, the maledictions. And uh, I'm going to read the first example. It's about 
uh, where are we, about cursing ourselves. As I prayed for a lady recently who had stomach pain, the Holy Spirit fell on her and she doubled over as demons left her. She had no pain anymore and all was well for a few days and then the pain returned. Why, Lord, she asked. She sensed the Holy Spirit remind her that sometime earlier while she was at a camp, someone had said to her, make sure you cook the chicken properly or else people will get sick. And she replied, oh, I don't want to get sick over the next few days during this conference, but after that, it won't matter if I get sick or not. She had to break the power of those careless words. And you know, immediately, the author says she regained her healing. Powerful. The second example is one of cursing others. I remember speaking with a a godly woman about her grandson. Everything she said about him focused on his faults, his rebellious attitude, and the behavioural problems that he was having at school. He had been sent to a camp to help him get on the straight and narrow. And he had been sent home again because he was that disruptive. After listening for a while, I suggested to the woman that she was inadvertently cursing her grandson through the way she was speaking about him. And that she was imprisoning him with her words. So she stopped speaking negatively And she intentionally blessed him. Her husband, the boy's grandfather, did the same. Within a matter of days, the the boy had completely changed, returned to the camp and flourished there. Talk about a quick response to the awesome power of blessing. And this morning, I know God wants to release people from curses over their lives, from others or from yourself. And um, I'm going to do it, we'll do it more at the end of the service. So um, we'll, we'll, yeah, give that opportunity for prayer and release at the end of the service. But I just want to fill in a little bit more information so that you've got the big picture. And, and thankfully, it doesn't end here, our journey, on the negative, destructive power of words. I have really good news, and it is good news. Jesus came and rescued us from all curses. In fact, from all sin, for that matter. Now, Colossians 2 verse 14 tells us this, if you want to um, refer to it. But what it's saying is that when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of our sin and he took all of the curse words spoken against us 
and all of the curse words we have spoken over ourselves. And he took them all away by nailing them to the cross. In Galatians 3.13 says, When Jesus was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for all our wrongdoing. He took it upon him to release us so we can have life and blessing in its fullness. You know, through Jesus, we can be released from things, but sometimes we don't, we're not even aware we're under um, these curses. And so that's why we're just bringing this teaching so that you, it might trigger your memory or the Holy Spirit might say, hey, I want to release you from that word that your dad spoke or your friend spoke or that you have been speaking over your life because it's been a hindrance. And I want to set you free. Excuse me. <laughs> there is something, though, that we can do. Uh, there is a part that we have to play in this. Jesus has taken the curse, but... You know, if we know that we have said hurtful words to someone or some people, then it's our responsibility, God says, to go to that person and say you're sorry. You know, this is your opportunity to exercise humility that we learned about a couple of weeks ago. Swallow your pride. Go to the person that you've known or God's highlighting to you that you need to say sorry to genuinely. That's our part. We need to do that. And, and if you've been a victim of repeated words over your life, we're also called to forgive. And that is hard, but, but Jesus, Jesus helps us. And, you know, it's, it's necessary because if we don't forgive those that have hurt us, we ourselves are imprisoned by those words. We don't get set free until we forgive. So that's our responsibility. Right, so what sort of words should we be speaking? And I think most of us have a pretty good idea of good, good speaking. I'll just wrap it up in uh, one verse. Oh yeah, that's. Um, I thought that was good. The picture of the cross, how Jesus has won the victory for us, taking us out of darkness, out of shame, out from under the curse, and bringing us into the truth, and bringing us into life, and living victoriously in, in fullness. Sin has lost its power. <laughs> So the verse I was referring to is Ephesians 4.29. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And there's another translation that puts it slightly differently. Don't use harmful words, but only beneficial ones, the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that you will say... so that. What you say will do good to those who hear. It sums it up pretty much. Who knows the golden rule? Do. 
Yeah, do unto those what you would have done to yourself, right? Golden rule, well done. Yeah, I heard a few of you reciting it. Just change a little word, one word, do, to say. <laughs> say to others what you would have them say to you. Quite simple. But did you know that there are actually physical benefits that we we receive when we use those encouraging words and helpful words? Because there are actual real physical benefits. Again, from Proverbs. Proverbs 13.3. Those who control their tongue will have long life. That's a benefit. I want that. <laughs> Proverbs 18.30. Right words bring satisfaction. That's contentment. That's well-being. Proverbs 16.24. Kind words are honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. Who wants a healthy body? Yeah. These are actual promises in the word of God. That's a benefit. For, you know, when we speak... Words of life, we receive life. Conversely, we speak words of death, we're actually receiving death as well. Our words have tremendous power, but there's more. When we combine the power of speaking out loud with benediction-type words with the authority and the power of God... Well, that's the place where miracles happen. <laughs> it really is. So, I want us to look at the authority that we have in God. We must know the authority we have in God. We know it from the Word of God. It tells us the authority we have. We are children of God children of the Almighty. We are heirs in the kingdom of God, joint heirs with Jesus. And here, uh, Revelation 1 verse 6, Jesus has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. We're royalty. Hey, that's, you know, we're royalty. We're royal kings and royal, a royal priesthood. With that comes just amazing authority. Know who we are. The authority we have. And the second one is, know the power of God in us. Oh, I love this verse. Ephesians 1.19 I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. That word, incredible, I looked it up in different translations. It's amazing. So it's also translated, surpassing greatness, exceeding greatness, immeasurable, unlimited, incomparable greatness of God's power for us who believe. 
There is no other word that can describe the bigness of God's power for us who believe. Except for, of course, God himself. So we, you know, we just carry, we carry immense authority, people, within us. We have Jesus in us, living in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he, Scripture tells us, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. So he's always there at the right hand of the Father in that place of authority beside the throne. And he's always interceding for us, for us, not against us, for us to the Father, always. He doesn't take a nap. He's always available. Whenever we need, whenever we step out in faith, whenever we call upon his name, we have the authority and the power within us. How do we release this power and authority? By speaking God's word. Because when you're speaking God's word, it is his word, it's his intent, it's his desire. And by believing that God Almighty, your God, my God, is able and is willing to perform his word. That's faith. That's faith. The Bible, it's God's word. It shows us God's will and his way. We have to get to know the God of the Bible. We have to know the promises in here. We have to know um, the authority, who we are, who he is. There is the Bible is God's word and is powerful and there is no shortcut. You've got to just spend time and read it. There's no shortcut. But the authority comes and the power comes in particular when we are speaking God's word over ourselves and God's word over others and or over our situation. I'm just going to look at one example. Um, I want to look at healing, actually. Just as an example. We don't ever need to ask the Father if it's okay to heal. Jesus never did. Read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <laughs> he never asked the Father, Oh, Lord, my Father... Is it your will for me to heal the, the leper? He didn't. He didn't. He knew that God wants to heal. That's his intent. That's his desire. He's our example. He's our model. We follow him. And what Jesus did is very, very simple. Matthew Chapter 8, verse 16, with a simple command. Jesus cast out evil spirits 
and healed all the sick. It's simple. With a command, the spoken word. Jesus commanded to the deaf man, he commanded, ears be opened. To the man with leprosy, Jesus commanded, be healed. To the little girl who was dead, Jesus commanded, get up. To evil spirits, Jesus commanded, be quiet, come out of her. Simple commands, using the authority and the power of God, knowing God wants to heal. That's what Jesus did. And he has passed that mission on to us. Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. Jesus gave them authority. We're his disciples too. Mark 16, 17. And Jesus told his disciples, Go, do, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will, not if, not maybe, They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. (laughs) It's all very positive. We're his disciples. God wants to heal and he wants to do it through us. God wants to deliver And he wants to do it through us. God wants to set the captives free. And he wants to do it through us. God wants to bless. And he wants to bless through us. The power of the spoken word combined with the authority that we have in God... And the power of God within us who believe, miracles can happen. And as I was praying this morning, I said to the Lord, I don't want this just to be intellectual. I want it to be heartfelt. And I want it to be demonstrated. And I asked him, who do you want to heal? I know he wants to heal and set free people from curses. That I know. I also know, I also felt the Lord say um, (laughs) that there was someone with a broken leg um, that he wanted to heal. And um, it was a leg that wasn't properly aligned. Um, and he wants to align it. So I'm just stepping out and just, I, I don't know if there's anyone here who fits that. But if you do, come forward because Jesus 
wants to heal. And he can. And he's able. And he's willing. And he wants to do it through us. (laughs) Good news. So is there anyone here that has that? If not, send them to me if you come across them later on during the week. (laughs) I'll be happy to pray with them. You know, he wants us to walk in these things and to practice it. He wants us to do, to go. You know, and we've got, our hand is in his hand. You know, and our hand might say things like, help, it's not fair. I'm not able to, I'm not able, I'm no good, I'm not worthy. But his hand says, I am here to help you. We will get through this together. I will never leave you, he says. So, um, can the musos come up? Somebody who can, is there somebody around that can play on the, thank you, Pete, on the keyboard? After God's been speaking to you and he's been reminding you of some curse words that you recognise now have been a curse over your life, Please come up. Just really want to set you free. God wants to set you free. And if anyone wants healing for anything, come on up. We've got a great team of leaders, and God wants to do this. He wants to set us free. But you have to take the first step and respond. Respond to what he's saying. So come on up.